Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to this podcast with Pastor Mubarakota. Mubarakota is the founder and leader of Christ Love World Outreach, a global evangelical ministry that is impacting the lives of many worldwide. Mubarak, an anointed teacher of the word, teaches the good news that has the power to heal the brokenhearted, free the captives, and change lives. Stay connected as you receive God's inspired word. Now, today's message. Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Merry Christmas. And you may be seated. Amen. Isn't it amazing that Christmas is here again? And you know, we really want to say thank you to Jesus. Because had it not been for Jesus, we all would not be here. This morning, I want to share with you a quick exhortation from Zechariah 9. Let's start from verse 11. As for thee also, give me amplify. As for you also, because of and for the sake of the covenant of the Lord with his people, which was sealed with the sprinkled covenant blood, I have released and sent forth your imprisoned people out of the waterless pit. Wow. Now, verse 12. Return to the stronghold of this of the stronghold of security and prosperity, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will restore double your former prosperity to you. What a blessing. This is for you. Verse 13. For I have bent Judah for myself as my bow. Filled the bow with Ephraim as my arrow. Mm. And will stir up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and will make you Israel as a sword of a mighty man. 14. And the Lord shall be seen over them. And his arrow shall go forth as the lightning. And the Lord God will blow the trumpet and will go forth in the windstorm of the south. When we read scriptures like that, you can sometimes you don't understand what is happening. You get it. Uh But this was a prophecy that God gave. This is Zechariah many, many, many years before Christ took come. And this was a prophecy God gave to Zechariah and told Zechariah that this is what I'm going to do. Okay, go to verse 11. He said he was going to, what? Release all imprisoned people 
from the waterless pit, it means you are in a pit and there's no water. Because of the blood that he will shed. Now, verse 12, he says that. You see, covenants are a very powerful thing. A covenant is something that you cannot easily overlook. A promise, a covenant. Yesterday, a pastor came and he had finished his service and he still, he said, I promised you that I will come and I had to come. This same pastor, he also invited me for his wedding and it was not easy for me to go. But because I also promised him I will go, I made it a point to go. So, God is saying that I have made a promise by the blood I, I will shed that every imprisoned person will be released. And after I have released them, I will cause them to return to the stronghold. A place that now the stronghold is a place of security and what? Prosperity. He said, I'm going to release a special kind of people. And these people are called prisoners of hope. It means that you are in prison, hoping that one day you will be what? Out. If you watch all those Nazi movies and Japanese movies during the Second World War, we had what we call pole camps. We call them prisoners of war. And if, let's say, for instance, we have 100 American troops moving, then something happens and the Japanese catches them. What, they, what happens to them is they become prisoners of war. So they take them to what we call concentration camps. And in these concentration camps, they live with the hope that someday deliverance will come. They live with the hope that one day a plane will fly over and bomb all the enemy. Some of them never actually see their hope come to pass because they are starved. They are, they are treated very badly and eventually they die not having received the expectations of their hope. Hallelujah. So he says that, you prisoners of hope, you know, you should watch one of those movies one time. You would understand what I'm saying. Sometimes you see people haven't been in pain, especially with Germany. They captured prisoners. They captured the, these soldiers and put them in what they call Nazi concentration camps. And every day, they will assemble thousands and just put them in a gas chamber and release poisonous gases. Some of them, they actually will leave them to starve to die. It's a whole city. Yeah. Then they will leave them. They will, they will die like that. And aside the fact that these prisoners, okay, were hoping for their redemption, some of them were also hoping that a day would not come where they would lead them to death. So, when we talk of prison, I'm just trying to explain what prisoners of hope mean. When we talk of prisoners of hope, God is saying that even the people who are hoping for things that have not yet come, today, 
He is declaring that he will restore. So listen, there's, there's always a fresh opportunity to hear the word of God. Never say, I heard the word of God yesterday. And because of I heard the word of God yesterday, I'm okay today. No. Never say, I heard the word of God last night. It's fresh manner every morning. You get it. So if you have people who are always like, oh, um, yesterday I heard the word of God, so I'm okay, I don't need, no. No. His messages are new every morning. So today he's declaring to you that I will restore double your former prosperity. Now, it's a big, you, because you are not really, you, you see, because you don't really understand the context, I was trying to explain the context to you. Many of these prisoners of hope are people who were taking maybe 19 years. Some of them had, maybe they are just married. Some of them just got engaged. Never really spent time with their beloveds and were taken to these war camps. And immediately they were taken, they were captured. So for them, it's not just about being restored to their freedom, but also being restored to a place where apart from their freedom, they can also be reconciled with their families. That's what we call a double prosperity. Not just make me free, but make me free. And some of them, if you watch the movies, you see they have pictures of their wives. Some of them have pictures of their sons. And they keep, that's what keeps them going. Some of them have Bibles their mothers gave to them. Some of them have letters that have been written. That is what a guy, one, one movie I watched, like, the guy was dying. And the, what, what kept him alive was the picture, the letter and a picture that the wife, the, the, the fiancé had sent. And that's what every time he read. When we were in SS, letters were a big deal. Oh, yeah. If you had a letter, you, not, you don't destroy it. Oh, yes. Today, I think they have WhatsApp and all these things. So they don't really appreciate letters. Hey, we had something in Cape Coast called uh, same-day delivery. And the person sends a letter in the morning. You get it in the evening. Hallelujah. Do you understand? Is it because of the understand? That's why I'm going deeper, deeper, so you can appreciate what I'm saying. You prisoners of hope, even today, I declare that I will restore double your former prosperity to you. Hallelujah. Now, why is God going to do all this for us? And what is going to be the reason? Why is that? Why should it be like this? Hallelujah. Or what has caused this to happen? What has caused him to say in verse 11? Go to verse 11. What has caused him to say that I have released and sent forth your imprisoned people out of the waterless pit? Anything that you had that was in prison, God said today he has released it. But what has made him say that? Go to verse 9. Go back to verse 9. What made him say is this. He said, Rejoice greatly. O daughter of Zion. O daughter of Jerusalem. Everywhere you see Zion, Jerusalem, put your name on Christ's love there. Behold, your king comes to you. He is uncompromisingly just and having salvation. So the, the real reason why prisoners of hope are going to be released today is because a king came. A king of salvation was released. Hallelujah. That is the reason. Every cause has an effect. 
and every effect has a cause. So the effect of prisoners of hope being released is as a cause of a king of salvation coming forth. Hallelujah. So he says, behold, your king comes to you. Today, Jesus has come to us. Someone say, ah, but what do you mean, pastor? Jesus was born. It's fine. All right. We know Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. Some people say he was never born. Some people say it's not a day. The people say the dates have changed. Some people say, okay, it's fine. It's okay. How do you know you? You were born on the day they told you. You were just told. Now, do you know when believers agree? Now, let me say this. When believers agree on anything, God takes it. Yeah. So even if Jesus was not born on the 25th of December, and all through the world, Christians have agreed, let's celebrate him this day. It is sanctioned. Don't be too religious. Has God come to tell you he doesn't like Christmas? Tell neighbor, don't be silly. He is uncompromisingly just and having salvation, triumphant and victorious, patient and meek, lowly, riding on a donkey upon it. This is a prophecy. Zachariah was seeing the vision. It was prophesied. Like, as I said, behold, a virgin will take a child. And, da, 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 da. and in Matthew 1, go to Matthew 1, 13. Quick. Matthew 1, 30. Let's see, 29. Do we have? Matthew. Shalabago, shake Nico Baba Sataya. Behold, look for that scripture. Matthew 1, 23. Sorry. Behold, a virgin shall come. No, go to 22. All this took place that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken of the Lord to the prophet. So the prophet spoke one day, 23, and he, he said the vision, Behold, a virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. So when the prophet was saying this, well, many years before, okay, and this is the same thing that the prophet Zechariah in Zechariah 9, verses number 9 is saying. He says that, behold, a king shall come, a king shall come with salvation, and he shall be patient, meek, lowly, riding upon a donkey. He didn't know all this actually happened. Upon a colt and a foal of a donkey. 10. And look at what he said. And because the king is coming, because the king will come, this is going to be the effect. He said, and I will cut off and exterminate the war chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem. If he does not come, I will not cut them off. I will not. He war chariots like they are in the midst of a war, perhaps being chased by chariots. Now he says, I'm going to separate. What God did in the Exodus when uh, Pharaoh came after Moses and he cut them off by the sea. The, the, the Egyptians are saying to do same were drowned. So he says, I will, today, because the king of salvation has been released, I will cut off and exterminate the war chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem. And the battle bow bow shall be cut off and he shall speak the word. So it means that a certain peace is coming into your life today because Jesus has come.
Now, this was a prophecy, but today is no more a prophecy. The prophecy has come to pass huh? 2,000 years ago. Now, when someone writes a will and the will was supposed to be effected 50 years ago, but the heir was not aware. And 50, 20 years down the line, he realizes that, look, this is the, the will that was written for me. What is he supposed to do? He has to go back and take possession of everything in the will. Now he says that, go back to verse 9. Are you understanding the scriptures that I'm reading? Now, don't become too religious. Listen to the rhema in the thing. And don't say that I've had enough of the prophecies. Let me just relax. No. You don't know which one will help you. You don't know. Listen. It says, rejoice, O daughter. So this Zachariah scene is telling the people there. Say, rejoice, O daughter. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes to you. They were asking, where is the king? Then they said, oh, he will come 2,000 years. He said, ah, but then we will not be here. He said, fine, but he will still come. Then he began to prophesy, your king comes to you. He's uncompromisingly just, having salvation, triumphant and victorious, patient, meek, lowly, riding on. They were wondering, what is this man going to do? This is an amazing man. This is what the Bible says, that the prophets sought to see the things that were said, but they were not privileged to handle them. Now, he spoke all these things and indeed spoke them, verse 10. He said, and because your king is coming, I will cut off and exterminate with the war chariot of Ephraim and, I, and the horse for, from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak the word and peace shall come to the nation and his dominion shall be from the Mediterranean Sea to another to the, and any other sea and from the river Euphrates to the ends of the world. Your king so the king you follow, he's the Bible says he will come and he will do all these things. And look at verse 11. And he said, as for you also, because of and for the sake of the blood that your king will come and shed, which was sealed with sprinkled covenant blood, I have released and sent forth your prison people out of the waterless pit. Verse 12. He says, and return to the stronghold of your security and prosperity, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will restore double your former prosperity. He said all these things. Then guess what? The words of God are eternal. He spoke them. They all came to pass. But because they are eternal, we are now hearing them. Now, when we hear them, do we look forward for it to come? No. Because it's already happened. So what we do is we go back and take possession. Like the person whose will was written 50 years ago grew up, did not know. If my, if my dad had a land in Accra, maybe three, 300 acres, bought it and said, you know what? This 300 acres, give it to my son, Mubarak, when he's 25 years old. It was something he said. Maybe by then I was five years. Then I go on. Then I'm 30 years. 32. Then I realized that, ah, there was a land bought for me. Even though at 25 I should have taken it. It's not too late. Because he said, when he's 25 years old and above. So what do I have to do? 
have to go back and say, my father said this, so give it to me. So today we've gone back to the prophecy and we say, he said, it will cause us to return to our stronghold. It will cause us, the prisoners of hope, to have a double restoration of prosperity. So this is what the, the, the birth of Christ has done for you today. It has caused you to return to your stronghold. For you, it is no more a prophecy. For you, it is a fulfilled prophecy. For you, it is no more something you look forward to. For you, it is something you go back to and claim. For you, it is no more something that you are going to wish that it happens in your life. For you, it is something that you have to get back to and get done because he has already accomplished. Today, this is the rhema God is bringing to us. Christ loves The Bible says a prophet will come. The Bible says that a king shall come with salvation. The Bible says that today a king will be born. And the king, the good news is, has already been born. The Bible said that when he's born, prisoners will be set free. The Bible said when he's born, prosperity will come to his people. The good news is he has already been born. Jesus is not going to be birthed today. Today is just a day that we remind ourselves that he was indeed born. Today is a day that we set aside to say that Jesus was born. Today is not a day that in the realm of the spirit Jesus has been born. The king has not been born today. The king was born 2,000 years ago. The king was born 2,000 years ago. And every prophecy, every promise that was set forth for our sakes because he has been born today we are claiming everything today we are claiming everything today we are claiming everything lift your voice and just speak in the language of the spirit Father, thank you so much. If you're watching, you're not born again. This is the reason why Jesus came. Today, I want to give you the greatest opportunity of your life to give your life to Jesus. You know, the Bible says that there is no name given under heaven by which all men should be saved except by the name of Jesus. The truth of the issue is that if you don't believe in Jesus, and if you don't accept Jesus as your personal Savior and your Lord, the truth is that you will perish in hell. That is the truth. Today, I give you the greatest opportunity of your life. Thank you, Jesus. I give you the greatest opportunity of your life. If, you're born, if you want to be born again, just say this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me. Write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. But when I die, I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name. I'm born again. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Visit www.christabandinglove.com 
and our social media handles at the Christ Abounding Love Church for more audio messages and details on all upcoming conferences. God bless you.